Montana just banned TikTok because they're stupid. <laughs> I guess the governor still has to sign off on it, and I'm assuming that he will. Which means that a lot of states will follow suit if that happens. I had an eviction notice from my apartment complex. I got one. Pay, uh, pay or vacate. Vacate or pay, which... And, uh, so I did a video for some glasses. Wait, let me find the glasses. They aren't prescription, and they're a little bit too small for my face. It'll change with weight loss, but they do this. Like that. So, made this video for this company. They pay on net 30 terms. I don't know what that means. I will need to make sure that I know whether or not the company next time pays on net 30 terms or not. Because I think it gives them 30 days to pay out. Which, it's on me for letting the company kind of... I'm at the mercy of the company's money to pay my rent. Which, that's not good. They don't want to be put in that position either. Uh, I got this eviction notice. Which I've been fearing for a while. And it finally happened. This pen is joining me today. So, I do a live stream yesterday. And... Well, so, okay, so I'm, I'm waiting not only from the glasses company, but also um, TikTok and Instagram. The last few, the last couple months, Instagram just stopped paying. But the last couple months have been really good. And I say last couple, but I mean last month was good on both accounts. That's what I'm seeing in my mind. It's just not here yet. I'm, I'm going to have a fair amount at the end of the month. It's just not here yet, and that's the most frustrating part. <gasps> I do a live stream about it, and I put, like, eviction no notice cleaning... I saw a meme about um, cleaning like you need that security deposit. And I was like, yeah, well, that's what it would be like. When I move out, I'm going to deep clean like I need that security deposit. Play on that. I don't know why I'm turning around. On that live stream, fans of mine paid my rent, which is absurd. I mean, like, that is not what I was expecting, dude. The most I've made in a live stream is 80 bucks. <laughs> So, I'm expecting that, but they're, they asked for my PayPal, and I was like, okay, well, PayPal, anything's possible. So, during the live stream, one guy, the guy who paid the majority of it, he goes, uh, check your PayPal. And I go, okay, appreciate you, thank, thank you very much. Not knowing how much he'd given, I'm like, thanks, dude, super appreciate you. And he's probably sitting there going, come on. <laughs> okay, so I checked my PayPal, and my reaction was, like, instant teary eyes. So I transfer that over. <laughs> I check my text because I see I have two texts in, and one of my, my youth pastor from youth, he's contributed as well, which thank you so much, Steve. This now frees up money to continue onward and continue forward. Making content without the unpaid rent bogging me down. <laughs> it's pretty interesting to be in this situation now because I am met with the decision of paying it forward, too. If I was able to pay rent like I did, paying it forward is the decent human Christian thing to do. But there's an internal struggle there because just like that story of those people who didn't give everything that they had to the church and God killed them, giving everything that you have is an option that's hard to even put on the table. It's hard to even consider seriously. The faith that that act will then redeem itself times that, possibly. That right there is faith or not, right? Here on earth, to be given and have to decide, do I give 
or do I use? Yeah, right. So, yeah, I that's something that I'm going to need to work out. I just sent an e email to the governor's office, introducing myself and hoping to enter in a, into a collaborative effort with her. Tina Kotek, I, I believe is her name. Especially with her fight against homelessness. Not the homeless, but the fact that there are homeless. Dude, since 2017, I have felt like homelessness is right around the corner for me. For me. Since 2017, I've lived with my friend Brandon, my friend Kiowa, my parents. And then finally in 2021 is when I got my, my own place. And I've been here for... Two, two years now. I'm, I'm a month into my third year here. But even with how this past year has gone, really only the first year was I able to consistently pay. And I did have a job with the state then, so maybe that's, that's, that's telling. But you know, like, driving in a car that sits kind of low, and you think, like, the concrete that I'm flying over right now is eight inches from my butt. That's what I feel like home, homelessness has been for me. It's just almost right there. If it weren't for people in my life that I love and that love me, I would potentially be homeless. And it's not even these people's fault. Dude, I heard about a story about a 19-year-old whose parents both died. She can't keep the house. She's now homeless at 19. That is not her fault. My mentor and I really want to make a documentary about the homeless and try to address the main issue or some of the main issues. I would love to join forces with the governor in on that project or something similar. TikTok could be a huge asset in that. So that's why I'm trying to sway the governor into seeing the value of keeping TikTok around. I just walked into an establishment. They sell RVs and they turned me down from... I offered them free video services. Free advertising. Which I have offered to countless companies here in my city. And they all say no. I think that's the stupidest business decision. I think that, sh and, it, and it shows how ignorant they are to the power of social media and the power of video. And they're all making it. I want to call them stupid to their face. I want the practice of making a video. Not me in front of the camera, but this place sells RVs. I could go film their lot in sweeps, in zooms. I could show every nook and cranny inside of their RVs so people don't have to get up and go to this lot to actually see what's inside the RV. They can just, they can watch a video about it. It's just like any any uh, apartment complex would have a video going through their, well, complex. <laughs> I don't know. Self-control. That's my next topic. <laughs> I don't know how to, I never know how to segue. I got a really good response to my last episode, which is cool. Season two. People's reception to my vulnerability is really encouraging. Some of the fears that I mentioned, well, two of them, losing weight, getting rich, those have to deal with self-control. Losing weight would in practice, um, would instill practice in self-control. And maybe that is one of the points that I needed to make that I didn't, but I can expand on it. That new, newfound self-control could seep into other areas of my life like finances or substances. Diet, yes, it's good. But 
you should be able to eat anything and everything that's available just with self-control. Okay, instead of a can of soda a day, maybe I'll do a can a week. Instead of taking this much, just take this much. You can't see. Instead of just, instead of taking this much, I think that I don't consider my situation to warrant going totally sober. That feels like a dreadful task that I wouldn't be able to achieve on my own. Yes, no, but with a lot of dread. But I do everything in excess, so reducing my intake, reducing the amount that I engage and indulge, that feels like a decision that I could make and stick to. I, it feels like I'm meeting the diet or I'm meeting sobriety halfway. <laughs> I, am, unfortunately, am the, am the kind of person that when you take something away from me completely, it then becomes my target, my target to acquire. For example, making things illegal, oftentimes, worsens the situations and creates undergrounds. Making alcohol illegal forced people to make alcohol on their own, which killed a lot of people because it was so dangerous. Making this moonshining, going literally blind from the <laughs> amount of alcohol they're using. Oregon decriminalized all drugs. I think that that's an important decision because there won't be as much of an underground. It won't be as dangerous. My brother's a cop and totally disagrees with me on this, but he and I have also lived two very different lives. I'm not sure that he's ever seen an underground, and not that I have either, but I've stood at the entrances of some of them. I think fewer undergrounds would be a thing, would be a good thing. If the pressure of illegality is removed, it would make drug dealers and abusers go, oh, well, it's not a fun game anymore. Not everybody. I'm sure that there would be people who are jumping for joy at this decision. I don't know. What do you guys think? Because I'm leaning one way on the decriminaliz decriminalization, but I also don't know. It... it has the potential to make things worse, maybe in Portland, because if people get caught with like an eighth and they're fined a hundred bucks, instead of how many years in jail, if they only get fined, then they will be going back to that. The power of saying no to something or someone is only coloring itself in my mind recently. I don't like to think of myself as a people pleaser, but I think... I've been one, and I think I still have those tendencies. I hate to see other people people-pleasing. To me, it looks like they have a leash on, and they're the ones holding the leash, too. You know, it's like uh, tying an elephant to a tree for a while, and then tying it to a post. The elephant won't know that it's stronger than the post, because it sees it as the tree. And it couldn't escape the tree, so... People-pleasers are a lot like that. In fact, the tree might be from their past in the form of an abusive parent, an abusive ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend. So then people pleasers see all these people as trees when they're really posts. I'm gonna hop off the elephant analogy there. We project our own insecurities onto people, making the decision for them that they're gonna get mad, they're gonna judge, they're gonna throw me to the wolves. I am trying to pay attention to my inner workings, and if the answer is no, then, then it is okay to say that. Emphasis on it is okay. If the person throws a fit about it, let that reflect back poorly on them. If they want to cause chaos because of it, be as firm and as unwavering and as unaffected by their response to your no as you can. I've said this before in an episode, and, and it was the end too. 
but the fear of offending someone is is worse than the fear of death. That explosion of senses you have when you feel like you have to say no to somebody is not the same as if death were the result of the situation at hand. Usually when I say no, I know that it was the right decision, but I struggle with a heavy, guilty feeling about it for the next several days. Even if I'm like, I just can't. I, I Even if I try to explain to it, it to them, they wouldn't get it. They don't need to understand it. I just can't. It's no. I, that's my answer. I still sit with a guilty feeling for a while after that. And I want that to go away too. I'm getting better at not people-pleasing and not being a chameleon. You know, being grounded in myself no matter the company that I'm keeping. No matter if they're Christian or if they're secular. My behavior and treatment should remain the same. You know, I'm, I'm done catering to people's needs socially. If it's not funny, I'm not going to laugh. I find myself in that situation a lot where someone is expecting a laugh from me and I, I can't give it to them. You know, I'm not going to try and fake it to soothe the awkwardness. I'm just learning to be comfortable with it. <laughs> Which, this is awkward. Anyways, that's uh, what was on my mind. And my heart.